Um, so my name is Mandy, and I'm so excited to get to share with you guys tonight. Um, Brandon was supposed to be out of town, but here he is with us tonight. And so, um, so I was like, Brandon, just to warn you, like my sermon, I'm going to warn y'all too. Here's the thing about me is you're going to be like, Mandy, I want to take notes during your sermon. And, um, and I want you to. That is so good. Take notes. The dullest pencil is sharper than the sharpest mind when it comes to remembering things. Yes, I believe that. But your UTD selves, who are used to pretty PowerPoints and things being so orderly, you're going to be like, this woman is just having a conversation with me. And, um, and I am. So, just like, you know, if I was having a conversation with you and we're sitting down at, um, you know, one of my favorite taco places, you know, I'm going to be talking to you and you're going to be like, gosh, that was good. And you're going to want to write that down. That's how this is going to be tonight. You're going to be like, dang, that line was good. I'm going to write that down. And, but you're not going to, like, be able to write a neat outlined thing because, um, that's outlined. The one thing Brandon said is, Mandy, what is your point? What is the point of this? And he said, I want you to repeat that a lot during your sermon so they know what the point is. And I said, I gotcha. And so when I repeat this point over and over in the most random places, it is because it's going to give this thing structure. And y'all are going to know what the point is when you leave here tonight. The point of my sermon will come through eventually. So, um, so is that good with everyone? Um, we're not, we're not, this is not a Brandon sermon. He asked me, and it's my time. My time to be here and share with you. Um, so that's my precursor. I'm going to go ahead and pray for us and we'll get started. God, you're so, so good. And I just thank you for just the seasons and this period of rest that we got to have, um, a few days off. And I pray God that we came back rested and rejuvenated. And I pray God that you will be with this group of students this semester and um, God, I just pray for each person here that we can look more and more like you every day, that you will help us grow up and, um, and mature and be like you in every way. We love you and we're so thankful, we're so thankful for your grace and your mercy and your forgiveness of our sins. You are so good. Amen. Okay, so... Um, <clears throat> Many of you were here last week, and Brandon spoke to us last week, and he did a really punchy sermon. It, like, punched me right in the heart, and hopefully it did you too. Um, he talked about, and this is, you know, I didn't ask him what his point was, but he didn't repeat it a million times. But I think the point was, for me, is, you know, us really putting God on the throne of our heart, um, he had those hideous pictures that stayed up way too long. Like, why did he not take the, those hideous pictures down way earlier? We had to sit and stare at them through his whole sermon. So, um, so I could not forget. Those images are forever etched in my mind of a bizarre woman with a big heart and the animal idols outside of her heart. So, um, so yeah. 
He started by asking the question, though, who's on the throne? Who's on the throne of my heart? And am I under the influence of Christ in my life? Or am I, or is Christ the Lord of my life? Who is going to sit on that throne? Jesus or all of those animal idols <laughs> that represented uh, other things? Do you all remember that? Okay. So... It is Jesus and not all those other things. I think it's important for us to reflect on those questions because often it's these different things in our lives, these different idols that creep back in and influence my life in ways that I don't see. They're they're like subtle little lies that come in that I believe. And there are all these things that are just fighting for my attention in my life. I don't know if y'all feel that, but man, I feel that every day. There's just things that are trying to pull me away. It's all of these kinds of things. We'll talk about that later. So making Jesus Lord means that we have to dethrone all of those other idols. So making Jesus Lord requires sacrifice from us. And so the point of my sermon is maturity requires sacrifice. So this is a sermon that's all about challenging us to sacrifice. Sacrifice is at the core of who Jesus is. Sacrifice is what the incarnation was all about. Being God, the one who spoke and the world just was, he comes down and becomes a mere human. That's just incomprehensible to me in so many ways. And I, when I sit and try to wrap my brain around that, being God, the one who spoke, is suddenly a mere creature like me. He, um, he's the one whose life, you know, was given for me and whose, um, and whose life will be taken for me. I don't have any real power here in this world, and I can't imagine being a mere creature. Um, like, can you imagine being an ant or a dog? Like, why would you want to be an ant when you could be a human? Why would he want to be a human when he was God? But Philippians 2, 6, but this was Jesus' mindset, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage, but rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. So I think about the fact that Jesus made himself nothing, a servant. Jesus' whole life was a sacrifice. He could have been anything he wanted. The tempta- and he could have had anything he wanted here on this earth. The temptation of Jesus showed us that. He was offered everything this world has to offer in the temptation. And ultimately, he didn't choose those things. He didn't choose the worldly wealth. None of it. Instead, he chose to live a whole life that was a sacrifice. He faced a brutal death. He was beaten and crucified. And then he was raised. He defeated death so that we could too. 
Again, Jesus' life shows all, us all kinds of sacrifice. And so maturity requires sacrifice if we're going to look like him. Jesus is a different kind of Lord than all those other things that I make Lord in my life. He gave us everything, and he, expect, he gave everything, and he expects us to give everything, to do the same. So when we compared those two stories we read at, earlier, I like tangled this all up. Um, we read those two stories earlier, the story of Zacchaeus and the story of the um, rich young ruler. Both men were wealthy. You see the, the rich young ruler, it says that he kept all of the commandments since he was a boy. He was righteous, right? He had, he had all of those things like that it seems like Jesus would want. And then Jesus looks at him though and he says, yes, but one thing you lack. Go and give everything you have. And then it says that he went away way sad. And then um, we see his disciples say to him, say to Jesus, we've left everything to follow you. And Jesus says to them, no one who's left home or brothers or sisters or mother or father or children or fields for me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. And then we see the story of um, Zacchaeus. He's a tax collector. He is not a super popular guy, and he's probably taken a lot of money from a lot of people. He is not who we would consider like the person who Jesus would, would go after, right? And Jesus sees him up in the sycamore fig tree, and he's like, I'm coming to your house today. And then, and then Zacchaeus says to Jesus, I'm going to give half my money, and I'm going to pay four times the amount to anyone I've cheated. That was Zacchaeus' heart. His response to Jesus right away was sacrifice. Let me give. And he chose how much to give. And then Jesus says to him, salvation has come today. Salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For salvation has come to this house. For I have come to, se to seek and to save what was lost. So let's, yeah, let's just really wrap our brains around that. Um, when the disciple, okay, like I'm not in my notes and that is a problem. Okay, um, yes, 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 this is good. Um, <laughs> so, when the, so yes, Jesus told the disciples that, you know, they're going to receive a hundredfold. And that promise really do, does carry through when we make sacrifices as well. Making Jesus Lord costs you everything, yet it's the thing that's going to give you life. It gives you everything. And that is so hard to think about. So if you have made Jesus Lord, is he really your Lord? Maturity requires sacrifice. What does it mean for us too to live a life of sacrifice? What does it look like to give up everything? We have so many examples of people making great, great sacrifices for the love of Christ and the love of others. 
And so, like, when I first think of sacrifice, my mind first, you know, after thinking about Jesus and his sacrifice and all that and thinking of some of the examples in Scripture, you start thinking about, like, some of the martyrs um, and some of these people who've come before me. What kind of faith does it really take to be willing to just, like, walk into a situation where you know you're going to die? And I'm like, these were some brave people that are our brothers and sisters. So, like, you can think of, like, a Diedrich Bonhoeffer or someone even more modern. And, you know, someone like him. He's in the States. He's in the U.S. He goes back to Germany to, you know, to stand up to the Nazis, knowing what that's going to cost him. And it does. It costs him his life. And I'm like... Man, like what a horrible, what a horrible thought. How do you get a faith like that? It starts now. Do you have faith? You've got to grow your faith, invest in it, start making sacrifices, and think of those things that you're going to give up. The problem is that we still hold on and keep those idols in our lives too. So for me, this has been a hard journey for me, too. It's hard growing up here in the U.S. and not falling into the trap of all of the things that seem so essential to life in America. <laughs> There's so much about um, that that's hard for us to think about. Um, you know, like we might think, gosh, I've had a hard semester I've worked so hard sitting in my comfy living room with my air conditioner on. I deserve to be lazy and play video games. Or I've been sick, and so it's okay for me just to think about me for a while or whatever. You know, we have these different things that we, we think. So I think <clears throat> that, that we have this idea that we hold on to about what we think our life should look like. We get ideas from watching TV and movies and talking to our family or talking to each other or people at school or wherever we get culture from. There are certain ideas that we have about what we should wear or look like and so forth and so on. And I don't think that we start life out like that. We don't start life out with all of these expectations. I didn't grow up with a lot. And um, I remember when I was a little girl, I got so excited when my parents would let me buy a Coke at the mall. Like, that was such a big deal. I would be like, please, Mom, can I have a Coke at the mall? Or we would go to Gibson's, which was the store where in the town my grandparents lived. And they, they're sort of like slushies, but we had Icy's or these little slush puppies at the gas station, Allsup's. We would go in and on a hot day when it was like 190 degrees, you know, and you would just take that drink of that slush puppy. It was so good. And um, at my grandparents' house, for some reason my parents didn't bring toys. Like who wants to spend a whole week at their grandparents' house with no toys? And we did not have the internet or you know, like on-demand television, it was like cable uh, where there were like 20 channels. And so it was Golden Girls at 7, and that's what I had to look forward to in life. Okay, like wait for Golden Girls to come on TV 
or something. I don't know. Um, but it was bad. It was 1980-something. But uh, we would, my sister and I, like, to make up our own toys, we would, like, cut these models out of the J.C. Penney catalog and have these pieces of paper that we would just play with. I'm like, I don't know. But, you know, like, I look back on all of these kind of memories, and I'm like, those were so sweet. And I didn't have all this crap. And I wasn't anxious or stressed out. And, and then, you know, you're starting high school, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, if I just had a boyfriend, I would be happier. If I just had these clothes, if I could just drive a car, if I... Um, just got into the college I want to, if I had all of these things, then I will be better off. I like dethroned Jesus in my life and thought that going after all of those things would make me happy, and it didn't. And so I really prayed um, for Christian community um, when I, like probably my sophomore year of college. And so like my shift began to, uh, my, my, but my focus began to shift, and, you know, like I, I started giving up more things and started pursuing Jesus much more seriously and really p- prayed for, for Christian community and friends. So I can struggle with making those things Lord in my life too, you know, and even now, it is a battle. Like, people go on cool trips, or I think about redoing my house, or whatever, and many of those things that I bring into my life, it is such a lie. They bring you stress and anxiety and all of those things anyway. But somehow it seems like such a big sacrifice for me to give up some of those things. But I'll tell you, I come back to the fact that Jesus is my Lord. And it's worth it to sacrifice in everything. I remember all that stuff didn't bring me life. And many of the things that I bring into my life that bring that stress and stuff, I just find that I didn't really want them. I really want the freedom that simplicity and sacrifice will bring me. Sacrificing all of my expectations and choosing to trust God, that God has something better, has blessed me. But it has cost me something. Maturity requires sacrifice. Maturity in Christ means loving the Lord and loving our neighbor. Go and make disciples of all nations. We're called not to think of ourselves, but to think of others. Love is all about sacrifice. A couple of weeks ago, um, Andrea um, and her family found out that her mother has cancer. They found two tumors on her kidney that have moved into her spine, and since then they've found two more tumors on her school, which seemed to be deteriorating her school, and her mom has begun to experience a significant amount of pain. And um, Andrea is down there and helping her mom and helping her with cleaning and doctor's appointments and all of these kinds of things. And I got the sweetest text yesterday from her mom. And she thanked me for letting Andrea stay And the text was all about how worried that she was that Andrea was hurting. It wasn't about her pain at all. 
It was a mother worried for her daughter more than she was worried for herself. That's sacrifice. That's the kind of love that Christ has for us. And do you have that kind of love for people where you think first about them? And it will cost you something when you love like that. So, um, you know, doing focus this many years has cost me personally something. Made, I've made sacrifices. You know, I've gone to Friday nights. I've given up every Friday night during the school year, except for one here and there, for well over a decade. Gone to Lord knows how many camps. <laughs> given up my weekends. You know, y'all know how awful those beds are at camp. I don't do that anymore. I just drive home, uh, which is a sacrifice, right? Um, but um, yeah, come to Friday nights, go to leader meetings every Monday night. And I think sometimes it's hard to realize like those things feel, feel so big. But they're, they're, it's worth it. It's worth the, worth the cost. I've, having, I've had to give up you know, weddings to go to or birthday parties or time with my family or you name it, like giving up all, you know how much stuff gets planned on the weekend and on Friday nights? But it's worth it. God gives us a hundredfold. I look around the room and I get to love and be with y'all and build something that I can be a part of like this. And there, that there can be Christian community on this campus. So Romans 12, 1. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy, holy and pleasing to God. What sacrifices are you going to make for other people to be part of community like this? Are you a living sacrifice? Are you going to let God bless you a hundredfold? We sacrifice for the mission. If we're going to bring Jesus to a broken and hurting world, it will cost us something. If we, wanna, if we want to say that salvation has come to another house, we have to be willing to sacrifice for that. It has to be a sacrifice like Jesus had for us. And we get to choose how much we're going to give for him. But what will you give? What will you sacrifice? To see people transform, it will cost you something. It's time to move from being children to becoming adults. Love someone beyond yourself. Maturity requires sacrifice. Again, the question isn't, what do I have to do? What's the minimum? We don't live for minimums. We don't, we don't do that because we're mature. We want to grow to look like Jesus. So how does God want you to use your time, your money, your stuff, your mind, your body? You getting to sit here and have community on this campus has cost others other than me a lot personally, a lot financially, a lot of money, a lot of time. But it's worth it. He gives a hundredfold back. So to show people Jesus on this campus, you might sometimes have to decide between missing a birthday party or spending a few extra days at home or an extra hour studying. It may cost you money, 
But ultimately the question is, is he your Lord? Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Maturity requires sacrifice. Do you have faith to believe that? There's always going to be things competing. I hear excuses all the time from us. And we've got to start making those, those decisions. You know, like mature people are able to um, give up things in the short run for long-term um, better things. Does that make sense? So like I could be like, here, Rhett, do you want this candy now or do you want $5,000 in two months? And if he's immature, he's going to pick the candy. But that would be stupid because how much, how much candy could you buy with $5,000? A lot of candy. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's all I know. Like, you know, we, we've, got to, we've got to invest in reading scripture and learning and praying and practicing dip, disciplines. All of those things, we are going to have to give something else to do them. So your sacrifice may seem really big in the moment, but you can't outgive God. It's time for us to grow up and quit trying to be people who want to be forever young. I, I would sing Forever Young for you, but I don't remember it. Okay, but it's time for us to grow up and quit trying to be people who want to be forever young. Grow up. Jesus is Lord. Maturity requires sacrifice. If we aren't willing to give up and make sacrifices to love people, then, we, um, then we're not fulfilling this life that our Creator wants us to live. God wants us to live a life for him. That's the life we were designed to live. Our expectations of the good life, they've got to change. So what are you willing to sacrifice for the kingdom? You see, we're not competing with bad things often. Calling Jesus Lord means we live like he lived. We're called to sacrifice. So this is the question I want you to write down right now. What might God be calling you to sacrifice for him? So, yeah, what, what might he want you to sacrifice for him? And I want you to spend a couple minutes writing that down and thinking about it. And then we're just going to share what you wrote down so it holds you accountable. Get your phone out, whatever you have to do to write this down. Spend time thinking about it. And then we're going to spend just a couple of minutes sharing with the person around you what that thing is. Like, what, what do you really need to sacrifice to make Jesus Lord, to grow up? If maturity requires sacrifice, what does that look like for you? Okay, did y'all have time to think about it? So like some things from my life that I've had to, I've chosen to sacrifice is, you know, even my home, letting people come live with me, 
I have like um, a vision beyond just like me and Andrew just it's much more comfortable just to live with us you know by ourselves with our dogs but having various people come stay do I, I see my house as God's it's not mine do you give people rides do you see your car as a gift if you have one you know do you do you are you willing to give up um, time just to go find someone who's lonely and just needs a cup of coffee to talk to somebody sacrifices come in all kinds of ways like as a living sacrifice you're constantly looking around you and seeing who's in need it's not about you anymore so it's not about you know how much money can I get or so yeah I, I let um, a student come live with me she was at she was, um, yeah, a student lived with me a while back, and, and it was really hard. She was really needy and had a lot going on in her life. And, um, you know, things, it's a sacri- it was a sacrifice for me. But I loved her, and, you know, it was interesting because it didn't end well because she wanted to pursue other things. But, you know, she texted me the other day and she said, Mandy, I really want to get some stuff off my chest. I want to meet up with you. Um, I haven't been living well and I'm very unhappy. And I don't know, guys, like, it's worth it to sacrifice. It is so worth it. So um, I want you to share with the person, people around you can get in groups of like three and just share for a minute. Um, about what things God might be calling you to. And then the praise team will come up. So hopefully all of y'all had a chance to share. Um, So what I'm going to do now is just pray over these things that we shared as the praise team's coming up, and then we'll worship God. God, um, you are so good. I just pray that we can look like Jesus that we can grow up and be mature and not be children um, children anymore. God, um, I pray that you'll help us to learn to live as living sacrifices that are holy and pleasing to you. I pray, God, that this is our worship to you. So, God, as we worship tonight, I just pray that we start here, that we give our hearts over to you, and that we make these commitments to really sacrifice to you, God. God, help us as we, um, as we sing praises to you um, to open our hearts and, and really worship you in song. And then as we leave here, I pray, God, that we'll worship you with our lives. God, we know that maturity requires sacrifice. And just help guide us on the sacrifices that you want us to make. And God, we have faith in you that you will um, bless our meager offerings to you. God, I um, am so thankful for ultimately you overcoming death and giving us life. I pray, God, that we follow you on a path of righteousness. We love you. Amen. Amen.